Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. Life can quickly go from smooth sailing to stormy seas. It's easy to be thrown overboard into despair. But if you belong to God, you have a life preserver. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah returns to Psalm 121 and God's promises of protection and preservation through the storms of life. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, Lord, I need help for my life. Well, we are studying Psalm 121. If you have a Bible, you have the text of today's lesson. So find your place in the 121st Psalm. Psalms right in the middle of the Bible. Open it up to the middle. You'll be in Psalms. And then find 121. We're going to talk about that. Today's lesson's called, Lord, I Need Help for My Life. It sounds like the kind of thing we've been saying a lot to the Lord in our prayers recently. Some of you have lost your jobs. You've lost all sense of uh, your economy. You don't know where uh, the next meal is coming from. You know, friends, we, we understand that. We, we're here at Shadow Mountain Church in El Cajon, California. We're distributing a whole lot of food every Friday. We're feeding 1,000 families from our community in, a, in an amazing thing that God is doing and has done through us. Uh, this feeding is reminding us of the depth of need that people have right now. Who could have thought that could be true in this great country of ours? But right now, we're, we're, we're crying out to God, what do we do now? How can I find the help for my life? That's the nature of Psalm 121, and we're going to study it together. We finish up our study of Psalm 121 in just a few moments. But I want you to have this book that will give you the teaching from all 10 of the Psalms we're going to talk about during the month of June. This book is called Shelter in God, Your Refuge in Times of Trouble. And it will be an encouragement to you. I believe that with all my heart. This book will encourage your life. It will strengthen you. It will help you to see how much God really cares about you and how he's prepared to help you during this sheltering time. Please give us the opportunity to place this book in your hands and in your home. Send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of June and simply say, please send me the book, Shelter in God. It will be on its way to you. We have these in our warehouse. We're ready to ship them as soon as we hear from you. We want you to have this hope and this help as soon as possible. Well, friends, we have some more work to do in the 121st Psalm, so let's open our Bibles there and let's go back to part two of Lord, I Need Help in My Life. 
How many of you know that God is not just the creator of all things? He is the sustainer of all things. Paul, writing to the Colossians, reminded us that God is the one who created everything. By him, all things are created. And at the end of the verse, it says, all things are in him and all things consist by him, which means they're held together by him. If God should forever a moment remove his hand from this universe, it would fly out into oblivion. But God continues to sustain us. He is the one who has created and the one who sustains. So when you get on your journey to a place where you don't know what to do and you say, Lord, I need help, just remember this. The one to whom you're praying is the one who made heaven and earth. He's the creator God. Friend, I don't know what kind of problem you've got, but when you've got a resume like God has, he can help you. He can help you. What a great encouragement. And that really is the key to the whole psalm. This God who made heaven and earth is the one who has promised to be our helper. And in verses 3 through 8, we see the promises that have been made to us by Almighty God to help us along the way. It's interesting that in verse 3, the person of the speaker changes We move from a first-person declaration to a third-person. For those of you who are into grammar, you can check it out with the personal pronouns in the psalm. Some have thought that a whole new person is speaking in verse 3. In other words, that in verses 1 and 2, the psalmist has asked the questions, and in verses 3 through 8, somebody, perhaps like a priest, comes along and makes the answers. But I don't think that's what's going on at all. I think this is an internal dialogue in the heart of the psalmist. Asking questions of God and then framing the answers and writing them down for our benefit. There are three things that he comes to in these eight verses about God that will help you as you put your trust in him. When you cry out to God, here's what you need to remember. First of all, he perceives you. He knows you. How many of you are glad that God knows who you are? Isn't it unbelievable? The God who made heaven and earth knows who you are. He does. He knows you by name. I've been having a lot of fun looking in the mirror every day and being reminded that he numbers the hair on my head. (laughs) I've been known to count them just recently, seeing how we're doing. God and I are taking good care of that, watching over the crop that's growing, you know? If God knows the number of the hairs on your head, don't you think he knows what your problem is? Don't you think he knows what you're going through? Don't you think he's concerned about what your experience is. When you say, God, I need your help, God knows. He perceives you. Notice what the text says. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. This Lord, this maker of heaven and earth is perceived here as one who three times the psalm says, doesn't go to sleep on you. I remember reading a story about a man by the name of Bishop Quayle who was a leader in the Methodist church years ago. He related an experience of the Lord's providence in his life. He said one night he worked into the early morning hours trying to finish his work and he was so tired and the projects were overwhelming. At a moment of intense pressure, his eye fell on the 121st Psalm and the promise of the Lord's 24-hour vigil over him. He said he was reminded that his efforts to work for God rather than allowing God to work through him were defeating and extremely exhausting. So in his inner voice, he heard the Lord say to him in his heart, the Lord said, Quail, there's no need for both of us to stay up all night. I'm going to stay up anyway, so you go to bed and get a good sleep. (laughs) I thought, wow, that's a great truth, isn't it? How many of you have ever walked the floor at night over your kids or 
or you've walked the floor over some sickness that you didn't know the answer to or some problem in your life. And you worry and frustrate and wonder who's taking care of things. And then all of a sudden you read in the Bible that the God in whom you have trusted, the one you asked for help, he doesn't ever sleep. He never slumbers. He never takes a day off. He's never gone on a journey out of town. God is always there whenever you call upon him. I'm surprised as I travel across the country, we have some releases of Turning Point that come on at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. I always thought, well, we'll put it on there. Maybe some truck will hear it while it's driving across the country. But everywhere I go, I find dozens and scores of people who are night people. People who for some reason or another, because of arthritic pain or whatever, can't sleep. And so they turn the radio on at night. I have a book in my library by a wonderful friend by the name of Ron Meal. And the title of the book is this, God Works the Night Shift. Isn't that a great thought? He's always there, no matter when you need him. In the loneliest, darkest hour of the night, he's there because he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. You remember old Elijah in the Old Testament when he had the battle with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel? And, you know, they were both, they were going to find out who the real God was. I love this story. And Elijah kind of challenged the prophets of Baal, and he said, we're going to put a sacrifice on our altars and call upon God to come down and consume it with fire. So he gave them, you know, he let them go first. And from morning until noon, the prophets of Baal cried out to their God to come down and consume the sacrifice, and nothing happened. And you can just see the panic in their voices. They're crying out to God, oh God, come down and consume this. And long about noon, when their time was about up, Elijah did something that no preacher should ever do, because I already told you that sarcasm doesn't have any place in our life. But he had a little mean streak in him, Elijah did. And he couldn't resist, because he already knew what was going on. So he decided he'd mock him a little bit. And I read this with a smile. I'm not telling you this is a good pattern to follow in your own life, but this is what Elijah did. Read what he said. And it was noon that Elijah mocked them, and he said, Cry aloud. For he is a God, either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and you have to wake him up. (laughs) I love it. He was a creative man. I tell you what, you got to be real secure to do that, because he was next, right? He was going to call on his God. But isn't it interesting how wonderful the truth is in the word of God, that God never goes to sleep on us. He's always there. When Alexander the Great was asked how he could sleep so soundly, surrounded by so much personal danger, he replied on one occasion that Parmenio, his faithful guard, was watching so he could sleep. My friend, if a great general can sleep when an earthly guard watches over him by night, how much more should we sleep knowing that our eternal God is watching over us and he never slumbers and he never sleeps? He perceives us. And then the Bible tells us in verses 5 and 6 that this God in whom we have put our trust for help protects us. Verses 5 and 6 say it this way, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. This is another promise. It moves from the metaphor of the watcher to the metaphor of the shepherd who shepherds his sheep and watches over them and keeps them. And it says he is the pilgrim's shade on his right hand. And the word shade here is very important because the pilgrim's great danger in that day was from the elements of the heat traveling across the arid desert toward their city. They could be scorched if they weren't careful. If you've ever been to Israel, as I have been, 
maybe traveled up the long road to Masada. You know how hot it can get, how dry and hot and terribly stifling the heat can be. And so the promise is the Lord is your shade at your right hand. And the word right hand there is a wonderful thought of the prominent place in the heart of God. Psalm 98.1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have given him the victory. Over and over again in the scripture, the right hand of the Lord is the hand of power. He has given you shade in his right hand, says the scripture. He protects you. Now, the psalmist delineates that protection into the two day parts. He talks, first of all, about how he protects us by day in verse 6. The sun shall not strike you by day, says the psalmist. The word strike means to beat or hit or smite or kill. Really is the full appreciation of the shade that the Lord provides. The sun won't get to you in the daytime. And then, this is really surprising to me, and I couldn't figure this one out. He will protect you by night, and in verse 6 he says, Nor will the moon smite you by night. I never heard of that before. Being moonstruck. But you know what? As I dug into this, I found out that in the period of time to which this psalm was addressed, there were many people who had superstitions about the moon. In fact, in Matthew 17, 15, there's the story of a man who came to Jesus and begged him to heal his son. And he described his son in these terms. He said, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And if you look into the marginal reading where it says epileptic, you will see in most of the translations, the word actually is the word moonstruck. For he is moonstruck and suffers severely and often falls into the fire. The people in that day felt like there were dangers in the nighttime from the moon. Now, of course, no serious Hebrew student nor Christian student would ever fall prey to that kind of superstition. We all know that you can't be struck by the moon. I mean, that's foolishness. And we would never allow such superstition to creep into our culture, right? We would never let that happen. But in fact, that superstition is still very much with us in our vocabulary. When we say somebody is crazy, we call him a lunatic. And we talk about craziness as lunacy, which comes from the word lunar, which means moon. Right? Mm -hmm. We're not as sophisticated as we think we are. What the Lord is saying, in essence, is this. He's enough to provide safety for you in the heat of the day and in the superstition of the night. He will go with you. How many of you know people who are afraid of the nighttime? You know, a lot of times as people get older, they take on a certain fear of the night. Fear of danger. Some of them have insomnia and can't sleep, and so the night becomes a very difficult time for them to endure. And here the psalmist is saying, let me tell you something. The Lord will protect you by day. He'll protect you by night. He's your protector. He's your helper. What a wonderful encouragement. And then finally, in verses 7 and 8, the psalmist says, The Lord will preserve you. The word itself is right in the text. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. He shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. What a wonderful promise. Break it down for a moment and notice that he preserves us from all evil. Here we are promised that the Lord will preserve us from evil or harm. In other words, we are to be confident that no harm or disaster is outside of the control and the care of God. It all is filtered through his hands. He hasn't lost control when difficult things come into our life. 
And then it says he preserves our existence. He shall preserve your soul, says the psalmist. He announces that the Lord will keep our soul from all harm. And the word soul there is the word for life. In other words, he's going to keep our life. How many of you know that God keeps our life forever and ever? He guards our soul throughout all eternity. We are alive today and we will be alive forever because God is the keeper of our soul. And then it says he preserves us not only from evil and in our existence, but he preserves us every day. And I love this phrase. He shall preserve your going out and your coming in. Sometimes I look at my schedule and I get up in the morning and I think, well, that's all I ever do is go out and come in. You know, go out from this, come into that. Go out from this and come into that. And then I'm reminded that God has promised even to preserve us in our going out and our coming in. This is a wonderful Old Testament idiom that speaks of the regular routines of life. While it's another reminder of God's watchfulness over us, it goes even to the warp and woof of everyday things. How many of you know God cares about everything that happens in our life? Maybe you've got small children at home. And you know, you look at the day and you think, boy, this is just like yesterday. And yesterday was like the day before. And all I do is get up in the morning and take care of kids and wash clothes and clean up the mess they made and try to get them ready for school and take care of all the running around to take care of them and come home and get done and fall into bed so tired I can hardly make it. Then I get up the next morning and we start all over again. You're going in and you're coming out. And you wonder, is God involved in all of this? Does God care about my routines? Let me promise you that he does. He watches over you and preserves you in your going in and in your coming out. And the scripture is filled with this truth over and over again. William Barclay in his commentary on the book of Luke had a little poem about the routines of life that goes like this, obviously written by a woman who is working at home. The prayer kind of goes like this. Lord of all pots and pans and things, since I have no time to be a saint by doing lovely things or watching late with thee or dreaming in the dawn light or storming heaven's gates, make me a saint by getting meals and washing up the plates. Amen. God makes saints like that, doesn't he? Because God watches over the routines of life are going in and are coming out. And then he adds this final thought. He preserves us eternally. He preserves us from evil. He preserves us in our existence. He preserves us in our everyday experiences. And he preserves us forever. For the last phrase is, from this time forth, even forevermore. We are assured that God's care extends not just to all places and to all settings of life, but also for all time, both now and forevermore. He preserves us. He cares about us in all the routines that are difficult. How many of you know that sometimes we go on detours in this life? Sometimes it seems like we're stuck in a cul-de-sac and we just go round and round and we're not going anywhere. Sometimes because of our own stubbornness and our own self-will, we go our own way. And someone will come along and say, God is not watching over you anymore. He's not. Yes, he is. He's preserving you even in your folly, waiting for you to come back, read the directions again, get started. How many of you know how hard it is for us to read the directions? How much frustration we must cause God when we don't read the directions and we go off our own way. And sometimes people say, well, God doesn't care about it. He's just going to let you. you know, God's watching over the whole process. He will preserve you and he'll bring you back. He will never let go. You know, when a pious Jew today practices his Judaism in his home 
on the door that goes out of the home and sometimes on doors in between places in the home they have a little thing called a mezuzah it's a little metal container that's on the right hand post of the door and in that container are the words of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 11 which tell us that we're to train up our children in the way they should go and we're to teach them in the going out and the coming in and every day when a pious Jew goes out of his home he touches the mezuzah with his right hand and he repeats some of the words that are contained within the little metal container and then he always ends with Psalm 121 verse 8 the Lord will keep you both now and forevermore he's the keeper when our children go off to go across country to school or or off to see a friend and they leave we know the Lord is our keeper no wonder this is called the traveler's psalm many people have read this psalm over and over again as they've gone on a journey the Lord is your keeper Eugene Peterson who's given us the great paraphrase of the scriptures called the message is one of my favorite people he's a wonderful writer and he's not only given us this great paraphrase but he's written many other books as well and one of the books that he wrote is called a long obedience in the same direction that's the title of the book and it's kind of an exposition of these Psalms in the Old Testament the Psalms of ascent he has some wonderful refreshing and absolutely gut-level truth for us about this Psalm when he writes these words he reminds us that the Psalm is not to say to us that we shall never stumble or stub our toes but that no injury and no illness or no accident or no distress will ever have evil power over us. That is to separate us from God's purpose in our life. There's nothing that can do that. And according to Peterson, a disciple of Jesus Christ should expect nothing more than this out of life. He said the Christian life is not a quiet escape to a garden where we can walk and talk uninterruptedly with our Lord. Nor is it a fantasy trip to a heavenly city where we can compare blue ribbons and gold medals with others who have made it to the winner's circle. <laughs> he said the Christian life is going to God. And in going to God, Christians travel the same ground that everyone else walks on, breathe the same air, drink the same water, shop in the same stores, read the same newspapers, are citizens under the same governments and pay the same prices for groceries and gasoline, fear the same dangers, subject to the same pressures, get the same distresses and are buried in the same ground. But the difference is that each step we walk, each breath we breathe, we know that we are preserved by Almighty God. We know that we are accompanied by God. We know that we are ruled by God. Therefore, no matter what doubts we endure or what accidents we experience, the Lord has promised to preserve us from evil. He has promised to keep our life. I will look to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from God. My help. All of my help comes from God. That's what Paul was saying to the Romans in these words that we know so well from Romans 8. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Nothing. And that great benediction in the book of Jude adds these closing words. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. 
To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help, all of my help, comes from the Lord. Amen. Well, as many of you know, many of these psalms have been set to contemporary music. And um, I cannot tell you what this particular psalm means to me personally. You are the strength of my life. That is what the psalm says. I mean, like most of you, there have been times during these days when I felt weak, felt like I didn't know what to do, or if I did know what to do, did I have the energy and the strength to do it? You are the strength of my life. That's what we say to God, because that's true, and that's what we learn from the Psalms. That's what we learn from this Psalm and the ones to follow. We're studying 10 Psalms, the sheltering Psalms, the Psalms of David when he faced his pandemics, his COVID-19s. What did he do? He sheltered in God. How do we do that? He's teaching us, and we're learning. We have a book that goes along with this series. It's called Shelter in God. It's brand new. It's never been available before. We worked hard to put this together for you so that you would have something you could appeal to during these days. And we'd love for you to have this book. If you will simply send a gift of any size, we want to send this book to you as our way of saying thank you for your investment in Turning Point and also encouraging you to refocus your life in the Old Testament Psalms. These 10 Psalms are sure to give you strength and hope and direction. And we want you to have this book Send a gift to Turning Point during this month of any size and ask for your copy of Shelter in God. And we'll see you right here tomorrow. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. If Turning Point is ministering to you, will you write and let us know? At Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 70509, RPO Oak Street, Vancouver, B.C., B6M0A3. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, Shelter in God. It's sure to encourage you in this unprecedented time, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard and New International Versions, and in standard or large print in the New King James, all in a variety of handsome cover options. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, When Your World Falls Apart, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International Versions in Standard or Large Print, as well as the English Standard Version in Standard Print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with Airship Genesis Legendary Bible Adventures from Turning Point. 
Tune in to our monthly audio adventures and join the Genesis Exploration Squad as they travel back in time to experience the stories of the Bible firsthand and discover life-changing lessons. Also available is the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, packed with the biblical content specifically written for kids from trusted Bible teacher Dr. David Jeremiah. You can also download our Airship Genesis mobile game on your favorite smart device and play as your favorite characters in this puzzle adventure game as the squad experiences the life of Jesus firsthand. Just go to your app store and type the keywords Airship Genesis. For more details or to order a copy of the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, visit our website at airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. That's airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. Bible.